Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. And we're back with another episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. And we're talking about one of the topics I love dear and near to my heart. And that, of course, is marketing. But it's always great to get another perspective on marketing. You can hear a little tweak, hear a little different approach to something, and then really deeply understand what it is all about. And we're, of course, talking about a really popular principle, the 80-20 rule, and how it exactly applies to your business. And to help me talk about this, I have another amazing guest joining me today, Melanie Rora is a marketer. She is known as the queen of online business growth and occasionally the queen of the geeks because she also likes getting into the techie side of things. She's the creator of the Marketing Maximizer system and considered a miracle worker by many of her clients, earning them millions through their digital marketing. For all of us, of course, she's also really well known for queen of the geeks, passionate about it because she lost her very first business And knowing what she knows now, she realizes she could have saved it. So she's on a mission to help small business owners now. She's created over, get this number, 25,000 web pages. That is a lot. And in her free time, she likes to fly in their single engine plane. That is intriguing. I want to know if she's the pilot or a passenger. So Melanie, I want to say thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. Fantastic. So excited to have you here and talking all about things marketing. So first, my question, right? That small single engine plane, do you fly it? Of course I fly it. <laughs> I, that was my my dream as a little girl was to be Wonder Woman and fly around in the invisible airplane. So wow. I have the plane. It's not invisible, though. Ah, it's not invisible. That's okay, though. You still get to fly. You get to to, to be in control and, and can experience something very few of us are able to ever get, right? That's it exactly. And it's something I recommend to everyone. Yes. My experience, I've never flown a plane, but I've been in a helicopter. And that was an interesting view, I must say. It feels totally different. It feels totally different. Absolutely. When you're that close to being able to see the air outside of your window. So Melanie, tell me a little bit. You are a marketer as well, right? Personally creating over 25,000 web pages for small business owners. That's quite a feat. Tell me, how did you get started on this journey? So my very first website was created in 2001. You know, when the, the internet was a fad, I was that girl in the basement building websites. And since then, I've just, I've enjoyed the process and learning all about, um, 
lead generating websites because that's so much different than just creating a you know an online business card for your business. So that's really where it, where it started as I was making a website for my first business, which was my flight school. Going back to that love of flying event, going, awesome. Going back, that's it. Going back to there, and uh, from there, I I mean, I got my I got my degree in marketing in 1999, and then just it just keeps growing, and I love it so much. I'm so blessed to be. I mean, it's 20 years in this industry now. All right, so I have to ask. I'm intrigued now. You are one of the first people I have interviewed who does marketing and actually has a marketing degree. How much of what you learned in school do you actually apply to your regular everyday work nowadays? Nothing. That's what I thought. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Okay. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Because I want to kind of expand on this for everyone listening here, audience converter community. We talk about marketing a lot. And we also talk about the many paths that entrepreneurs can take to, you know, beginning their business journey. And one of the perceptions I think many of us have is you can't do it without XYZ degree, a business degree, a marketing degree, whatever it looks like. But the reality is, is there's so many different ways to do this. There's no one right way. You don't necessarily need to get that degree experience. But Melanie has one and has been doing this for 20 years. So I would love to have your perspective, Melanie, on how you apply or don't apply the principles of what you learned in school. So when you're in school, they're going to teach you about the four P's of marketing, product, place, placement, you know, price, I can't even, promotion. I think the promotion one was the last one, but it's so different when you're actually out here building a business. So what I learned 20 years ago in school, a lot of it does not apply anymore. It's not just about having your thing at the right price in front of your your ideal client at the right time. You need to actually go out and figure out who your ideal client is because not everyone's just going to go out and say, oh, I really need this pet rock. Let's buy one. I remember pet rocks. (laughs) I remember pet rocks. I was never tempted to get one, but I also remember going to summer camp and we made our own. We definitely painted them, put the googly eyes on them, put some feathers on. And I think I still have it somewhere like in a box, probably. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's true, right? It used to be all about positioning, placement and pricing, right? You go into a grocery store and your place on the shelf is what's going to impact your ability to sell lots of units of spaghetti or something. But that's not how it works online. Because the way people interact online is they have a goal in mind. They already know what they want, or they have an idea of at least they have a problem that they're looking for a solution. So you're not going to catch their eye if it's not what they're looking for. That's it. Exactly. You need to be relevant to your ideal client and show them that you understand what their problem is and that you can give them the result that they're looking for. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about defining your ideal client. One of the things you said is that you have to know who you're talking to before you can create a successful marketing campaign. And that's my whole approach, right? Just a moment for uh, the audience converter community out there, right? We talk all the time about how important it is to know your audience and how your audience may be diverse, but you're going to be speaking to two or three specific audience members for anything that you go and create, right? You can't just speak to everybody because if you please everyone, you actually please no one. So tell me a little bit about your process and your approach to helping people find and define their ideal client. Well, it's it's so true. Understanding your ideal client is the key to great marketing. It truly affects your business's bottom line. So when we're doing ideal client work, and I mean, it's a big part of what we do, it's, it's figuring out 
who your dream client is, right? You want to understand them and you want to be able to, to drill down. So sometimes you may have two to four markets that you could sell to, but if you're advertising to all of them, you're speaking to none of them. So it really comes down to, to figuring it out. And we use a process called the PVP, which I think was created by Frank Kern with all of our clients. So, you know, another important part of what Melanie just said, I want everyone to take note, is that you need to have a process and you need to have an idea of your dream clients, right? So many of us are out here, we're doing what we're doing and we're like, well, uh, I get a lot of people who are like X and I want everyone to take a moment and remember, right? Just because you're getting everybody that fits X doesn't mean that's your dream client. It's not necessarily your ideal client. Who is it that you want to work more with? Then create the campaigns, create the messaging, create the promotional schedule that brings those people in, right? It's your business. You get to decide what success looks like and you get to decide who you work with. So it's really important for you to take a moment and, you know, sit down and decide, okay, who is my dream client? Who can I help best? Who would be the perfect fit to work with me in the way I I do things? Well, that's it. Exactly. Attracting your ideal clients is actually really, really good for your business because you're going to grow. You're going to attract long-term clients and raving fans who are going to recommend you to other businesses, right? Other clients. So you're going to earn more. You're probably going to work less and you're going to have less stress because you're working with people who aren't complaining. They love what you do and how you do it. Absolutely. Right. Earn more, work less. I think all of us uh, can get on that bandwagon, right? Exactly. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you've said before that you need to be bringing in the right clients, right? You need to be bringing in the ideal people. And at the beginning, we mentioned something about the 80-20 rule. And the idea behind the 80-20 rule is that 80% of of what you do is going to, well, there's a lot of different ways that it can be applied, right? So tell me a little bit about the 80-20 rule first, and then how you think uh, attracting the wrong clients can impact people's businesses. Sure. So um, the 80-20 rule says that 20% of your inputs are resulting in 80% of your outputs. Um, So in marketing, that's, you know, 20% of your customers earn 80% of your profits from from those 20%. And on the flip side, 80% of your complaints probably come from 20% of your customers. And I bet they aren't the same ones. Absolutely, right? (laughs) That's it. So by focusing your marketing budget to attract only your ideal client, you can actually repel those that you don't want to work with anyway. So if you're using bad marketing, right, I call it hope and pray marketing, where you put out that ad and you hope and you pray it's actually going to work. You're probably just attracting bad clients because you don't know who's going to be walking in the door. And you can scale your business this way. However, you're going to end up working more hours and probably dealing with people you may or may not want to work with because, you know, you have payroll and mortgage payments to make and you don't, you don't want to say no to anybody because you don't know when the next client is coming. So if instead, if we focused our marketing to attract our dream clients, to clone those ones that are already accounting for 80% of our profits. So let's say we had five clients and only five clients to make it easy, right? 20%, that's one client. So if we replace the other four bad clients with these dream clients, you'd actually grow your business by 300%. And you wouldn't be dealing with all the other people who are complaining and and causing problems. Ooh, that is so, so true. I mean, think about it for a moment. 
who here wants to spend their entire day putting out fires, as they put it, right? Or who <laughs> wants to spend their entire day listening to people that you've worked hours and hours on their project and they come back and they're like, meh, I don't like this. But, you know, very rarely do a lot of clients actually articulate what they're unhappy about, right? They're just unhappy. So, you know, one of the things uh, that copywriters are taught is how to teach your client to give useful feedback, right? All of us are open to feedback. We're open to improving things. We want projects to be a complete 100% success for our clients. But if somebody comes to you and says, yeah, I don't like it, it's really hard to fix that, right? How do you fix? I don't like it. You need to have details like this doesn't sound like me, or this section is just not the way we phrase things or anything like that. So when you apply this 80-20 rule to your business, And to your marketing, think about that, right? If you dropped the top complainers, how much more free time would you have? If you increased the top earners who are happy with the way you do things, how much more free time would you have, right? And then if you combine those, wow, how much more free time would you have? That's it. That's why we tell people they need to market on purpose. Ooh, I like that phrase, marketing on purpose. Well, a lot of small businesses, they're marketing by accident. It's almost like their marketing is a slot machine. They put money in and they cross their fingers and they pull a lever and they hope a client's going to pop out of it. Um, But really, your marketing should be more like a vending machine. So you put money in to purposefully get something of value out, being, you know, a new client or a new lead. Or a new candy bar. Well, that would be good too. (laughs) So in order to market on purpose, you need to decide who you're targeting. Absolutely. And it's it's true, right? It's so much easier to create your messaging, to create your positioning, to create uh, the entire campaign when you know exactly who is out there who's going to read it. And if you're, I, I, I've not heard that analogy before, but it's a really great one about uh, slot machines versus vending machines, right? You put something in, you almost never get anything out. Occasionally you get a winner, but then you have to invest 10 times that again to make the, to make the bells and whistles ring, right? That's it. Exactly. Right. And my favorite thing to use, and I'm sure it's yours too, is direct response marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you're communicating your offer right to a pre-selected customer and then supplying them with a method to respond, right? So you're getting them to raise their hand and say, hey, that's for me, even if they're not ready to buy yet. Absolutely. And you, you can nurture them, right? And nurturing is so important. Oh, let me talk about all the ways nurturing is important. (laughs) You know, so far we've been talking a lot about getting people to you, right? We've been talking a lot about why an ideal client is so important because those are the people who are going to come to you. But again, even when you're bringing in your ideal people, not everyone is ready to buy. You know, the standard answer is like 3% ready, 17% uh, kind of ready. And then everybody else is in stages of, yeah, I'm not really buying anything right now. I'm just looking. And uh, so you want to be able to bring people from that place of, well, this is interesting. This is me. This is for me, but I'm not ready yet to, okay, yeah, now I'm ready. Now I want to do this. That's it. And by nurturing them throughout the process, when they are ready, they already know, like, and trust you. You've already built a long-term relationship with them, even if you have, if, even if they haven't purchased yet. So they're more likely to buy from you. Absolutely. And of course, you know, at the end of the day, we all want people to buy from us, not because we're, we're greedy, but because we, we want to be able to build and grow our business and, and increase the impact that we have as well. I mean, I think all of us get into business for a reason. We see a gap. We want to we want to fill that. We want to fix it, whatever that looks like. And when 
we approach things in business, we have to keep that in mind, right? You're, you're not here to, to have a bunch of followers on Facebook. You're not here to have a bunch of views on a video. At the end of the day, the metric that matters is your success metrics, like how many new customers, how many new clients, how many new projects. Well, if people aren't paying you, you're not paying anybody else. And that can be a pretty miserable place to be. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. So what would you say, Melanie? Um, I know, you know, you said 25,000 web pages. That's a lot. Now, of course, that's not 25,000 individual businesses, right? Because every website has several web pages. Uh, but, you know, you've, you've accumulated a lot of different people that you've helped. How do you go about growing your community? So we grow our community in a variety of ways. Of course, email marketing is, is huge for us. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, give back to the community. So I do speaking events where I come and I, and I talk to entrepreneurs about marketing. And we also have uh, a free webinar that we, we give out to anybody who needs help figuring out who their ideal client is. Oh, fantastic. Right. So, I mean, you know, Melanie, who is a marketer who, who builds websites, the first thing she mentioned that was email. And that's something I really want to, to highlight to uh, you who are listening, because there are so many pieces to a successful marketing campaign. Your website is one part of it. Your email is one part of it. Your webinars are one part of it. And, you know, from other marketers here, right, it's important to have several things in place. So don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And this doesn't just apply to social. I'm fairly certain you've heard me say before, <laughs> right, don't put all of your eggs in social. Social isn't something you really control, but you need to be having several touch points, right? Because once somebody finds you, you want to make sure to keep that connection in place until they're ready to take that next step. That's it. Exactly. Um, the one thing I can say about websites is you don't want it to just be an online business card. It needs to actually draw leads out for you or there's no sense in actually um, having one. So it needs to be a lead generating um, resource for you. Absolutely. Could not agree more. You know, I've, I've recently been asked by quite a number of people, hey, can you show me how to like maximize my website? You know, what, what do I need to fix on it? And my first question is always, well, what do you want people to do when they get to your website? They're like, well, I don't know. I, I want them to, to see my website. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, websites, uh, it used to be very different, right? The early days of the internet, throwing something up was enough. And then the early days of email marketing, throwing anything up saying, hey, subscribe to my newsletter, that was enough. But now, you know, as things evolve, as people get more and more used to seeing things online, you need to have another step. It's not just enough to have one, right? As Melanie has said numerous times already, your website is not a internet business card, okay? If it's static, if all it says is your name and your contact information, that's not really going to help you any. What you need is to create it in terms of what you want, which is to get people to reach out to you, which is to get leads coming in and generating. That's it. Your lead magnet and I'm sure you've talked about those all the time, Kimberly. Your lead magnet is, is one of the most important things you can do. And you want to make sure that it's it's directed towards your ideal client. Absolutely. And there's that magical phrase, right? Ideal client, anything you create and everything you create for your company, for your business, for your online marketing starts with your ideal client. So Melanie, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with the Audience Converter community. 
what would you say is that first step? How can people go about really, you know, we, we've talked about ideal clients a lot. How can people start that process of defining their ideal client? So if you're throwing spaghetti against the wall and you're trying every marketing tactic out there and you're not earning a return on your investment, you probably need to tweak your ideal client. And I have a great freebie that will help you to do that, to quickly and easily determine who that is for you and your business. And you can go and grab it at idealclientforme.com. Fantastic. Definitely take Melanie up on that. And, you know, I just want to throw out there, uh, audience converter community, once you have that in place, it's so much easier to actually get your marketing created and get it written. But occasionally, right, we all need a little bit of a kick in the pants to get it done and to set aside that time to make sure it happens. So remember, Audience Converter community, that uh, coming up is the Audience Converter live event. It's virtual, but it's where you will actually be creating all of those things we've talked about today, your lead magnets, your emails, your landing page, right? That's going to all live on your website. So this is a really great first step to getting that done. And having the work, sitting down and setting aside the time to define your ideal client can only help you as you continue to go out and grow your business. So Melanie, you know, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing with us. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, where can they find you? So they can find us at mvrmarketing.com. And just, uh, or reach out at social. So all of our social is at MVR Solutions. Fantastic, everyone. Do be sure to check out mvrmarketing.com. And of course, download your free gift on, uh, you know, the ideal client for you, all of which, of course, those links will be in the show notes. And Melanie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Audience Converter podcast, where we talked about the importance of the 80-20 rule and finding and defining your ideal client. Until next time, keep calm and define your ideal client. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.